Hello, America. Welcome to the show. And in the show, we have heads. Heads on the right. Heads on the left. And what the heads don't realize is that the right and left are just two cheeks of the same asshole. And here I am, in the middle. The anus. Where the happens. I'm frankly tired of this In the midst of another pandemic, where we are losing more and more of our freedoms by a government that doesn't know how to stop. It brings me back to the Twin Towers of 9 What the hell are you in here doing? Uh. Another motherfucking fantasy. No, 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 no. No manifestos here, just uh, preparing for the uh, War? Ep episode. Preparing for the episode. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, sorry, sorry. This is the shit you put on? Um, hey, remember, remember. The 5th of November. What the f*** is up, internets? We have a very awesome show in store for you today, but before we get into what we're about to get into, let's get into some other stuff that we need to get into. Uh, if you're watching this, if you like what you're seeing, hit subscribe, hit the bell, and, uh, <clears throat> and be sure to get notified every time we post a new episode on Thursdays and highlights on Tuesdays. We have a few more great movies coming up in this season, and we'll be launched into some even better movies uh, next season. Um, and one more, one more thing before we get started. Uh, today is, the day that we are recording this is November 3rd. Right now it's actually 6.55 p.m. The polls are about to close. Um, so when, when this releases on Thursday, uh, who the hell knows where we will be as a country. Remember, remember the 5th of November. Yes, and what a perfect, uh, what a perfect episode, uh, what a perfect movie to cover on this episode, uh, Election Day, to release on the 5th of November. That film is, of course, V for Vendetta. Um, I don't even know whose pick this was. I think it's safe to say that this is a, this is a unanimous choice. Um, and if you don't know what V for Vendetta is about by this time, I mean, just... It's too late. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's, it's really too, late. It's too late. late in so many ways. And that, and we're saying that on November 3rd. Yes. Imagine how much we'll feel that on November 5th. Um, all right. So let's, let's just dive right into talking during the movie. Wow. Yeah. That's where you can start right there. Uh, coming up in the show, we have Mark Phoenix uh, for our cast crew or you. He is in the cast. Um, he is one of the... Uh, the state hoodlums that uh, uh, f with 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 Evie in the uh, alleyway when she's out after curfew in the beginning. Yes, he is. Uh, uh, spare the rod, spoil the child. Ooh. Oh, so much to get into in this movie. So let's just do that. All right, man. Listen, you guys know why we're here. We're here for V for Vendetta. Uh, one of the first things I want to reference about this movie, let's go ahead and just jump right into it here. The Back to the Future reference. Do you know what I'm talking about? 
No. Oh, this is a deep dive, but it's so some things are just on the surface. So one of the first things that I noticed was just like this movie, uh, Marty McFly, you know, was not the original Marty McFly. And just like in this movie, Hugo Weaving wasn't the original V for Vendetta. He uh, replaced uh, the gentleman that you're showing on the screen now, you know. We don't speak his name. It's like Voldemort, the name you don't speak. But he was the original one, and then uh, Hugo Weaving's voice was, of course, dubbed over for the beginning of the remainder of that film. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I. Okay. Okay. So you're doing the because uh, he got replaced. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yes. He got replaced by. Then there was no Fox. lawsuits that resulted in that, though. Right. That's a little different. But yeah. So we're back to the back from the future, and now back to the movie. One of the things I really want to get into the uh, start us off with is, to me, this had such a the fact that one of the things people forget about this is DC Comics. And yeah. of course, one of the things about DC Comics, they've always been dark. And, and it makes you feel like, even when the Joker was done, it, it brought me back to that world of with the Joker. There were so many similarities with uh, Joaquin's Phoenix versions of the Joker. Uh, but yeah, that's that's I, I have a bunch more, but I'm going to let you jump in. That, and I saw, like when I was watching it this time around, it reminded me so much of like, I, I kept wanting to say like, this is like, the Batman Begins, like the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy before the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy, but it actually came out the same year as uh, Batman Begins. That's crazy. I had no idea. I assume, like, I feel like this movie has been around forever. Like, I, I feel like it's a classic already. Like, it's already existed my entire life. So when I saw that, that like, it existed, it, it came to be in the same time that Christopher Nolan's Batman Begins came out. That was uh, it was a good year for DC. Definitely, to say the least. Uh, one of the things that uh, we really uh, that I want to talk about is the fact that uh, the, the bullocks. I love that they say bullocks in there a lot because of the fact that they just uh, from their perspective of that side of the it being in Britain, and that's the word. Yeah, f uh, you know yeah. say like oh, they say f too though. Yeah, so yeah they weird. do. So, so which one is it? Fox. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I have a. Uh, this is all on the surface. I, I wait till I got I got some deep, shit, but uh, mm -hmm. still on the surface. Mm -hmm. uh, I know you like to uh, tie a movie to Harry Potter. I have a Harry Potter connection to this film. Go for it. The forehead scar on Evie. Mm -hmm. It's like her mark. It, it and it's in the shape of a V. Yes, a sideways V. But yes, it, it is the whole there. And it's what's funny you say about that. It it, it doesn't disappear until the very end. It, uh, it's always, I, mean, like, I mean, I'm talking about all the way in then when she's on the bus. I mean, it's no foreshadowing here. Again, if you haven't seen it, it's too late. When she's on the train, should I say it then? Like, it's no longer there. Like, they make it a point that all her other bruises heal up. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But that one stays there until almost like the, the, the reborn process happens later on in the film. Um, let's see. So, I want to choose this wisely because there is a narrative here. Um, all right. So, one thing that I did think was crazy uh and this kind of ties in with V being a very interesting, I'm just going to call him a hero because I yes. think he is a hero, but he's such a complicated hero. Like he entered, he's introduced by a series of explosions across the city, uh, essentially a terrorist act. Um, and the shit that he does to uh, Evie when he puts her through the psychological torture, the physical torture, all just to gain her trust. And, and then it shows that he trusts her right after that because, you know, he takes her up on the rooftop, essentially showing exactly where they are in proximity to everything else. And then right after that, she's like, I'm going to go. And he says, 
you won't find any locked doors here. Like at that point, there was a shift in their relationship where he trusted her, but he's such a complicated hero. And he, and when I, when I was reading about this, he's actually more complicated in the, the book, the novel, the yeah. novel. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Even the, 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 uh, the writer of the novel said he was disappointed, of course, with oh. how to feel. Cause he, he wanted it to be, you know, you know, all fast. Trust me. If, just put it this way, he, he envisioned a different film. But I will say this, no matter how we got to Viva Vendetta, I'm happy we got it. Because one of the other things I love that is like to their, their version of their Statue of Liberty, the Bailey. When that's destroyed, like, yes, dude. Yeah, I didn't know you had that down there. Oh, no, I didn't. I don't have it. I don't have that down here. But you re did you notice something about their Statue of Liberty? The, like the justice sign, it was different. Something was different about it. It was, was justice not, is blind. Was not blind. Theirs was not blind. Yeah, uh, yeah that's exactly. Yeah, so there we go. But so he 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 destroyed. And, and don't even get wrong. Great callback. I mean, not even a callback. The start of the movie. I mean, goodness gracious, is when they tell you like an idea can't. You know, it's like an idea is bigger. Like that, that was one of my lines I put down here later, and I don't want to foreshadow. Is like uh, an idea. A man is an idea is great, but it's bigger than man because a man can fail. But an idea can an idea lives on. I'll, I'll correct myself oh, yeah, later. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I, definitely. yeah, I know exactly. But one of the about. things that that to me early on that they fleshed out was the fact that they were like when like first off her name's E V. Mm -hmm. One letter short, another E is Eve, something like that. Some people looked at it that way. But one of the things was they talked about her parents' background, like they both were like you know freedom fighters. To a certain extent, and so they showed what happened to Evie because both her parents, um, of course, were and it's and if you don't listen really well, you won't catch this. They say her mom died starving herself, and her dad died on the shit. Like they say that, like like what a fucked up world. And then she grows up, and she was like in reform camp. You heard them they call it reform camp for so many years. So to me, that was that was pretty crazy. Yeah, that's one of the things about this movie is you get. So there's so much happening, so much backstory, so much happening presently, mm -hmm. so much implied. There's so much uh, metaphor and it's all done so subtly. Like these, these extraordinary things could be happening, mm -hmm. but it's played out so casually in you're almost you're almost embodying the numbness of the society that this dystopia has created and there's so uh i did i noticed uh, this is what i noticed in the middle of the movie during the flashback um during the, the the not the flashback but when she's reading she's when when v has her in prison she's reading the the autobiography of the uh the woman on her on the toilet paper mm -hmm. um when she mentioned that she was uh she fell in love on a movie set in 2015. <clears throat> that was the first time that I that that I realized that there was actually that there was actually a time assigned to this story. And then um, <clears throat> I look like further into it, and it does take place in the 2020s, which of course we're in now. And there are and so I don't want to get too far into the into the weeds on that because that is a special section in the big facts. Mm -hmm. But there are so many parallels. Um, like they got so many predictions right mm -hmm. back in 2005 about what we were in store for in the 2020s. And I and I I won't say any more, but I'll just sum it up with two things. In the beginning, 
you have that yellow code in effect. This is for your protection coming over the loudspeaker. It's like you just rolled up in Walmart or some shit like that. Exactly. Dude, right there. <laughs> Reminded me of Walmart. <laughs> that was so eerily reminiscent of being in the Walmart parking lot and hearing, stay apart. We're in this together. <laughs> this is for your protection. It's like, it's always for our protection. I know. 11 the the patriot act it's for your protection we're gonna we're gonna follow everything that you do online for your protection against terrorists and now we're gonna follow who you're in contact with and who you're talking to and where you've been and where they've been to protect you from a virus and when i almost fell out off the couch today when i was rewatching it and delia uh surridge the coroner um when they're going through her journal, the damning journal that she wrote, mm. that one line where she's like, this could be the dawn of a new age. Nuclear power is meaningless in a world where a virus can kill an entire population and leave its wealth intact. Like, hello? Hmm. I mean, not to mention, I mean, not to mention the fact that we're, we're reviewing a movie where in the end everybody had on masks. It's all about the mask. It's, 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 yeah. Don't 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 get me started. I mean, we like I said, we can do it. One of the things. Oh, oh you already had it. Look at you, everyone. Oh, look at you. Okay, like wow. Okay, uh, and and there's nothing wrong with uh, like I like seriously. Like I love that. But you notice the uh, the woman's name was Valerie. Of course, starting with V. Like mm -hmm. it starts with V, ends with V. And of course, one of the things y'all really loved about the film was the fact that the domino. Uh, the domino was on the train, and, and, that, and that Eve was always the final. Evie was always the final domino. And even if you look at that whole train, even as the train goes away, the back of the train is red. It's like the last uh, domino yeah. is falling. Like it's just, it's there for it. And so, and you know, another thing is, is like I said, we never discuss what we are going to do before or the show. Like I said, we always, if anything, now we don't talk about movies in anticipation of talking about the films. And yeah. one of the things that I had already, um, that really got to me, and they show it, so it's not necessarily hidden or anything like that but the monsters born through the fire she's reborn through the rain they show you them all coming out to realize like at that very even the though they were born from reborn, room number five right and, and and when you see just like which it, what is five what is five the, the roman numeral for five mm. hey listen you taught me something out there <laughs> school system any, well, actually, yeah, whatever. Learn more in my mythology classes, but whatever. But you know, definitely, and one of the, and I can say, I know you have a lot as well. So I want, um, what I wanted to, uh, and I, I, and I, I guess I should say it now. No, I, I want to wait because if I'm right, I'm right. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. But one of the things that, uh, that that I think people miss was when he did talk about Valerie was the fact that her favorite roles, and that was the roles he left at every scene. Like, mm -hmm. like I'm leaving this as a memory. <laughs> That's when Evie finally got like this is all for her. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> like she's she said like out of all I feel like out of all the horrible things he was going through nothing was worse than seeing what they did to her like getting this message from this girl like for, I, although I'll never meet you I'll mm -hmm. never know you I love you like oh sh yeah damn John Hurt's uh, character was very interesting in this to me because he is he's of course the hero of uh 1984 um and in this <clears throat> he's the he's the victim uh or in 1984 he's the victim of oppression and then in this he switches to the polar opposite where he is the he is the hand of the oppression he is mm -hmm. the oppressor as the uh chancellor um 
and it, it's even crazy the shot of him looking down uh, at on his the, staff. At, yeah, his little Resident Evil room of minions. So, have you seen 1984? No. Okay, that's going on uh, season two. Okay. Um, in 1984, that that's that is the shot of Big Brother. Like he he looks just like Big Brother, who is his oppressor in 1984, right. looking down on him. Mm -hmm. um, so that that's. Uh, I got one more thing. Um, me too, and then we, you, you, you want me to go or you go? Yeah, you go ahead. Well, who was the sick... Uh, it was a lot of sick motherfuckers in this movie. Who was the sickest in this movie? Oh, Creedy. No? You would th I mean, he's up there. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's right there. I mean, it's only one... And the, the fact that it is this other person makes him even more creepy because he didn't have that much screen time as Creedy did. Uh, not, not as much screen time. Are you are you talking about uh, Diedrich? Who was that? The, I know who it was. Who was it? Tell me. The uh, the guy that the uh, uh, Stephen Fry, the 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 guy. He's a he's a closeted homosexual. He's mm -hmm. got the no. No, he wasn't sick. No, he was actually one of the coolest motherfuckers in the film. Well, he was sick in the novel. That was all oh, the difference in the novel. He had uh, he was he was pretty twisted. Um. So no, I have no idea. Who, who. Somebody asked for mercy. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> the chancellor. Yeah, no, no, that wasn't the chancellor. That no, that wasn't the chancellor. That was the priest. Oh yeah, the, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, this even after she told him there's some man coming through, no, he was oh, like, oh I my like, goodness, I like never played this game. That's a confession. <laughs> this is a new one. Even the people that are enabling him, it like listening his security staff are like, oh my god, what game is he playing this time? What right. are you doing? Right, like this movie hit on every. Like every yeah. paradigm of authority, it was like F you, uh, like big, re and it's always about it's always about how the government and like and religion is used to oppress the masses. Um, Evie, when she's eating, uh, when when he makes her the egg for uh, breakfast, mm -hmm. and she's like, I haven't, I can't even remember the last time I had real butter. And then she's like, where'd you get it from? He's like, I, I stole it from the, the train going to the chancellor. He's like, you stole it from... So that tells you right there, that is... No, you, they said it earlier. Add it to the blacklist. Oh, there yeah. The blacklist oh, you're said... Get, you're going to get black bagged. Yeah. No, not black bag. They oh, had yeah, a black, black list, list of stuff. Yeah, you yeah, butter yeah. was on that, that list. There's like, like, what the fuck are you doing? The song that he played yeah. during the explosion that gets added. But the crazy oh. thing is, is that... It's not it's it's not the fact that butter is on the blacklist. What this tells me is that it's the fact that butter is still going to the chancellor. So he is above the law. He and and it's also this like He doesn't even believe his own righteous bullshit he's spewing. Yeah, and then meanwhile they're getting the the masses are getting the it's it's the classic story of haves have nots like what what it what that made me think of the fact that he's still getting the good butter and whatever butter she's been getting is obviously insuperior because you saw her reaction when she had like, real butter like her eyes dilated her opioids were like oh so what that made me think of is like so you have everybody else is forced to have subpar the one percent the powers to be they're getting they're getting the literally the cream of the crop mm -hmm. that that made me think of so right now we have um, countless deaths to COVID nineteen, and there's and as far as the general public goes, you you just have to deal with it and uh, either deal or die. Uh, but there's no when when Trump got it supposedly whatever he goes to the hospital 
He has this team of doctors that his $750 in taxes paid for, apparently. He has the best team of doctors working around him, and they have him back to work in 72 hours after a positive test. Why? Like, that's not available. Like, anybody else test positive, they're down for minimum two weeks. He was back out and, and on the job in 72 hours after his team of doctors worked on him. So, and nobody seems to be talking about that, how there's, how we, we absolutely live in a society of haves and have nots. Oh, it trickles down. I mean, it, it trickles down even from the top, even when you say, hey, listen, the NBA was able to show the whole world how to live. <laughs> they went and continue the full seasons, like, just put everybody under their own little bubbles, we'll isolate it, we'll be good. Like, they literally went. No other sport has been able to do it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just go, it's not about sports, but my point is, is they, and not only just that, they are being able to figure out how to live, like, through it, like, that way, it was more so of also how many rapid tests they were getting, like I said, the trickle-down effect. So there are rapid tests, there's rapid tests, and there's this insta-test. Yeah. Insta-fix. Insta insta-fix. Yeah. Insta but to your point, to how that translates to this was the fact that they told you, like you say, they used, let's not, they, you heard what they said, let's not even attack another country with the virus, let's do it here. Mm-hmm. Because oh, if we yeah. do it here, we, we'll wait, and then miraculously after the election, he becomes a savior. We're talking about Viva Vendetta. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, this is, uh, yeah, exactly. That's, that's a perfect segue. Do you have any other uh, talking uh, points? Well, last thing I wanted to make sure, oh yeah, uh, there's just something really quick was, um, uh, yes, uh, that, uh, of course, I'm pretty sure you'll touch on it later, but just like with most films, the the time on clocks means something. Ninety like ninety percent of the clocks had the V shape throughout the film. Definitely mm -hmm. caught that. Um, all right, so let's move on to Big Fox. Uh, so I, I I've got I got ten thoughts about the um, about the movie, and then there's uh, for for this uh, Big Facts, there's a bonus. Uh, a bonus section and this one is five five ways that V for Vendetta predicted the 2020s um, all right so first the the ten facts number ten Evie's part Bryce Dallas Howard Scarlett Johansson and Kira Knightley all auditioned for the part of Evie but it obviously it went to Natalie, Natalie Portman, Portman. Mm -hmm. which is ironic because Natalie Portman had to hire a uh, a dialect coach to learn how to speak the dialect that Kira Knightley would have came pre-programmed with. That's crazy, but you, I mean, hey, I could have, I, I, I think I could have saw Scarlett Johansson doing it, especially I've seen her in the Prestige, but uh, you know, just um, yeah. I can, I can and see Black it. Widow. Oh, yeah. I mean, but prestige more than... It. Oh, yeah, well, you know, because the action. Yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. Yeah, I like that one. But Natalie Portman killed it. Yeah. Um, number nine, search history. Uh, Natalie Portman researched her role by watching documentary The Weather Underground and reading Faith and Treason, a book about Guy Fawkes. Uh, number eight, real fake. During the parody sketch that Diedrich uh, broadcast, the fake Sutler is actually played by John Hurt, who is, of course, uh, the real Sutler. Uh, so the, the fake Sutler in that sketch is played by the same actor who plays the real Sutler in the film. A.K.A. how you save money in making film when your budget's getting low, guys. And it's, like, it's kind of another way that they predicted the 2020s back in 2005 because deep fakes were not... Uh, we're not uh, even a, a thought. Yeah. And so this is obviously in the future and and appropriately around the time that we are now when we have deep fakes, it'd be the only way that they could really pull off somebody that looks 
exactly the same as as the person for a parody sketch and we'll probably see more of that in the future i don't know i don't know why it just hit him the chance of reminding me of mill books and space balls i couldn't get that out of my head the entire movie <laughs> yeah i got i got thoughts on it. i i love uh i love I love John Hurt, um, but uh, I did have some qualms about his performance. Oh, here we go. It's no, another uh, Michael Caine situation. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't written you back yet, has he? No. Okay. Um, number seven, Rest in Peace. Uh, this was director of photography Adrian Biddle's final film. Um, he's known for shooting. He shot, shot movies such as Aliens, Princess Bride, Willow, Event Horizon, and so many more. Uh, he, he passed away on December 7th, 2005, the year the film was released. We might have to do Willow next year. I love f***ing Willow, man. That movie it weirds me out. When they it's all like, start turning into the... Was it pigs that they start turning hey into? Hey, man. Pigs? It's like the little engine that could did a live-action screen performance. And it's, I love Willow. <laughs> Number six, Eyes Wide Open. In all of Chancellor Sutler's scenes, he only blinks one time. And that, that's, again, representing that the statue where the, the justice is not blind there. I like what you said with the justice blind there, but Pete, when he tells that motherfucker Creedy, hey, and they were like, they were like, well, what? the dude, other dude next to him's like, hey, well, what if there's a contingency plan? There is no contingency. Like, well, what if he actually goes through with this and it works? He was like, then I won't be reading the newspaper tomorrow. I'll be reading Mr. Creedy's resignation. And see... Even your top person next to you will turn on you yeah. at that moment. When, like, oh, he's he's going blood man. Mm -hmm. Number five, Falcon A. V's mask represents Guy Fawkes. Fawkes was most known for the gunpowder plot of 1605. It was a failed attempt to kill King James I of England, his family, and most of the Protestant aristocracy by blowing up the Houses of Parliament. Guy Fawkes was apprehended on November 5th. Remember, remember. Uh, number four, come again. Hugo Weaving, or V, had to redub all of his lines in post due to the mask creating a muffled sound. Originally, the mask had two mics installed in it, but neither worked well. So, like you said, he, had, he, he redubbed the guy that played the, right. that was V in some of the scenes, but he actually had to redub all of them because it was muffled under the mask. Like you said, there were two mics. There was one that was uh, inside the mask and one that was a hairline mic. So, he, like you say, I mean, if... That's what makes it so beautiful. It's one of the best vocal performances ever because mm -hmm. the, the it almost is K-Rothy. The, the soliloquies in which he's oh, talking yeah. is like, are you even keeping up? You got to watch it 10 times and it's beautiful. First time he introduces himself to it's like Evie. 48 V words in, right. in a row. Right. It's like, goodness, grieving. He's like, what's your name, Evie? Of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Number three, Real Crew. In Valerie's flashback scene where she describes meeting her lover on the set of a movie, the film crew shown was made up almost entirely of the actual crew for the film. I wonder how SAG felt about that. <laughs> uh, number two, remember the time when we fell in love. On Do a, you remember? So, and, and you kind of brought this up that you saw, um, you saw the V on the clock. Mm -hmm. This, like, on a clock, what is 11.05? The the, the 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 like the so that yeah when it's on eleven and the one it's a perfect V on the clock November fifth eleven to five V on the I almost clock. took your number one you were finna like choke me because I I was just say speaking of a perfect V and I didn't I looked down so I'm not gonna do that to you uh number one <laughs> dominoes it took how many of them I'm gonna say four professionals four professionals over with two hundred thousand dominoes. 
22,000 dominoes, 200 hours That's setting up that. And yes. it was well worth it. Oh, f yeah. Even the last little... And he yeah. comes and picks up the one, and again, that's the domino he places on the train with Evie. The score, the montage. Oh, yeah. That. Oh, yeah. Shout out. All right. So, uh, for this week's special section of Big Fox, uh, we have five ways that V for Vendetta sadly predicted the 2020s. The movie takes place in the 2020s, and let's just break down what is going on in this movie that was made 15 years ago. Okay. Number five, a pandemic wreaks havoc on society. No, a planned pandemic. Well, I'm saying... Get, I don't want to get too far into the weeds of conspiracy theories and get our YouTube... Oh, I'm sorry, I apologize. Okay, a pandemic. Ale or an allegedly plandemic okay, wreaks okay, havoc. Right, right. Um, and that actually brings us right into number four. While there are theories that this is some weaponized thing unleashed as a means for the government to have more power. Regardless of that, that's neither here nor there. We do know that it happened, and if, if it wasn't caused by the government, it's at least been capitalized on extraordinarily so by the government um, being used to consolidate power. What did they say it was called when they found the cure? A law, a miracle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Number three... Uh, speaking of the consolidation of power, what does that bring us to? Now we're seeing, just like in the film, enforced curfews, tracking. Uh, we see militant, violent force against peaceful protest. F***ing finger, man, man. Just general unrest and Big Brother really saying, we're going to take care of you, while really doing absolutely f***ing nothing at all. But Big Brother got a piece of his own medicine when they're in the, the beginning of the film when he when V goes to the to the new to the BTN and uh, he's like uh, and you hear one of the executives like you said you it's, we can't you said you wanted a TV in every place everywhere at home like flip it's the yeah. flip mode like yeah you've been it's yeah crazy. <laughs> um, the fact he was also willing to die. <laughs> Mm -hmm. For that bomb, and the dude was like, "Have you ever done this before?" And he he was, "We can't rebuild this." Like, oh my god, how brainwashed are you? <laughs> yeah. Um, number two, we like in the film, we now see a numb, a scared, terrified, divided society where nobody really knows what the hell is going on. Everybody is scared. Everybody is at their wits' end, just pissed off at everybody else for reasons that they don't even fully comprehend. We are just characters in a story dictated by a really f***ed up set of authors. Um, and that uh, you just you see the complacency in the society in V for Vendetta, and it's so it's so like what we what we see now where it's just it's just it's uh, it's it's numb it's sad it's it's just bullocks yeah <laughs> yeah um and then last you hit on this number one um everyone is in masks which was i think a, a just a really ironic coincidence when everybody is marching down the street in the in the masks and here we are in 2020 so there are Five ways that V for Vendetta predicted uh, now. All right.
you know what it's time for. I don't know if you got five on it. I don't know if six minutes Dougie Fresh you're on, but it's now time for seven minutes in heaven. Okay, so these are our top favorite scenes in V for Vendetta. Um, I'll open it up the way the film opens up. Uh, it's it's such an awesome opening to a movie. First, you have you have the uh, the like the comparison between V and EV. They're both getting ready at the same time. Essentially, like looking into the mirror as a, like they're a reflection of each other. One of those paid in full cuts. We were talking about two different things happen two different times. With really good cuts. Yeah, um, but the way it when he when here comes the crescendo, boom, and the the explosions all over. Uh, it that was just. It was amazing, and and at, at that moment, I remember the first time I saw the movie, thinking, "Wow, this is the hero." When didn't you ever think he wasn't the hero? Oh, I never did, but it's just you don't like in 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 typical movies, especially a DC movie, Warner Brothers, and they actually had Parliament blessing to shoot in Parliament. That's crazy. For That's a lot crazy. of this, how the f well, I think I I read something about Tony Blair's son um, being a. Uh, working on the production in some fashion, uh, so they may have had some. Okay. Well, I think I think you hit it right on the head. For me, it's the same opening scene, but it's uh, different for me the way, and that's why I love film and art and paint and music because it's always open to interpretation. Uh, one of the things I love is, as soon as we get into the film is, to me, it's all about, and I'll t I'll tackle on this day. I mean, so, so, I mean the 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 filming. I should I say the cinematography in this film is freaking a plus in my mind. I feel like there's a scene where he puts his mask on, and to me, it's just not him. Put it symbolic of us bringing bringing us into his world. And for mm -hmm. the rest of the film, we're seeing it through his eyes. So to me, it's like he's kind of like, oh my goodness, like I'm. It's like so to me, that's one of the like. And you even said, the reveal after he puts his mask on mm -hmm. is seeing is you seeing yourself in the right. mirror through and, the mask. And and again, we'll touch on this later. But the reason why we never see his true face, she says it at the end. He's you. He's us. He's me. You know? like, I mean, the first time I saw, him, he's like, he's my father. I'm like, what the. F yeah. I didn't see that coming. Like, what, 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 what about that kiss in the dance? What did I miss? Jesus. Yeah, that, uh, oh, hey, listen, was, if you weren't my daughter. Yeah. It was, <laughs> that was so, like, uh, she kept going. Like, he's, right. he's, he's this. He's, he's my dad. He's you. I, I, he's I, I, like, I'm like, man, who the he's fuck? He's you. Right. And me. me. And everyone. I ain't like my yeah, she and yeah, she found another secret the room in there or something. Yes, um I I'll um I love that uh, one of the things, like you say, uh, we I touched on again, the Bailey being blowing up. But one of the things that, to me, one of the cool things always, to me, like to find my own little tie-ins and movies. And you mentioned it. I, I guarantee you didn't think about it this way till now. This is a natural reaction. That You mentioned the speakers and everything blowing up. I loved everything blowing up. But to me, it was the speaker thing that spoke to me. It's like he hacked their speakers and he brought so much joy. The, the smile on his face only reminded me of one thing. The last time I saw speakers get hacked like that, Andy Dufresne, Shawshank Redemption. When he was sitting there listening, I was like, oh my, I've seen this smile before. He was just like, do friend, mm -hmm. do friend, let me I'm gonna get you. <laughs> like, I don't give a fuck, man. Yeah. Um, uh, another scene that I really liked was, it was right after that, really, when V walks into BTN with a bomb strapped to him, and he goes and he broadcasts, like, right after they... They tried to set the narrative about no, there was you know there was a malfunction and sorry for the unplanned fireworks and and meanwhile they've got people that f 
fucking saw the explosion happen, wondering, like, I thought I saw an explosion, but they're saying it's fireworks. Like, okay, that's exactly where we are in the news now. It's, I would never do this. I'm going to one time only do this because it goes to your point, and I'll just, I won't use it later. At that very point, he says, our job is to report the news, not uh, fabricate. I'm uh, 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 sorry. Uh, Okay, so we both had. Okay, all right. Yeah, go okay. ahead. You finish. You finish. You go ahead. Our, you go ahead. our job is to report the news. The, that's the government's job. Yeah, the fabricated. Fabricate yeah. Yeah. And oh then, yeah. And that, to that, your point. Yeah. That is such a. That's such a telling thing. But yeah, so they set the narrative, and then V comes in, puts that video up with that. The speech, the, the manifesto is mm -hmm. so inspiring. Um, telling everyone the truth about the explosions, telling everyone the truth about themselves, like, look in the mirror, it's your you, fault. It's you, right. Yeah. Just when you think this is some regular freaking film, and you're like, go get the bad guy, like, no, it was you that somehow got scared by this, or by that, or mm -hmm. by this, and it's you that, he said, and he get, he didn't just say, get out tonight and fight me. He had a plan. He said, meet me in 365 days, yeah. right? You got He's one year. telling... Everybody, along with the authorities, where exactly they can find them. But he is so... And they showed up, man. Oh, my. We'll talk about that later. Right, right up until the end of that scene where he... The, his escape, where he puts the masks on everybody. Mm. And, like, you see... Like, the guy comes running out in the mask. Don't shoot, don't shoot. Pop, 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 pop. Down. No. And then they don't even help him. They're like... They just want information. Then they turn around and use, use him. It. They use that footage to He's say, the terrorist yeah, dead. the terrorist dead. is dead. Don't He's worry. Dead. You're, you know, Big Brother has saved you once again. And, and speaking of that segue, which leaves it. But they, they they're the ones that killed civilians. And yeah. they take that on the news, use the civilians that they killed to say, he came in there killing civilians. And then they use the, the civilian he, that they did, they did kill with the mask on to say, but he's dead. Like They even say it later in the film. Remember, he was like, tell them anything. Make them remember. They were like, oh, yeah, V was connected to the St. Mary's. And like, no, you, yeah. he never said that. So, But one of the things, uh, what is the other seven minutes in uh, having scenes that really got me when the guy was like, he doesn't even know how to light me right. So, like, that when that starts happening, mm -hmm. and then he's like, then they show him in the back and watching stuff, and he starts, like, I call it, I, I came up with a term called mouthing masturbation. He was in the shower mouthing at himself, like, literally, oh, like, yeah, I yeah. wish I been there like I, mean, I tell you what if i'd been there like what the fuck are you talking about and rightfully so mm -hmm. he gets what coming to him after so that's what that is definitely one of my uh uh one of the things that i i think is easy for people to like your advanced film fans will look at it and say when evie got took as a kid um it's very similar to when she got took when she was in the house of her car her savior the guy uh always uh, brings uh, not love what was his name uh our guy who had the show um Diedrich. Diedrich. So Diedrich's, he's hiding her out. And remember, in the beginning, when Evie, and when Evie, when, Evie, when her parent, when they knocked in and took her parents, she, they they wouldn't have known she was there, although how not there in the kids room, she went and screamed. Mm -hmm. That scream is very important because this time, when they black bag Diedrich, she's sitting there, but you see that moment of, now nah, move, move, move. They're like like that, that quick little hitch. Like to me, man, you can't. That's right, man. That's somebody like, no, you gotta, you gotta know you wanna do it this time. Yeah. Like that's, that's beautiful to me, man. Yeah, that that scene where they got the Idra. Oh, I'll, I'll get into that. That's, that's I got notes on that. Well, oh, you want to get into that room? We had the pictures. Up. No, mind. Um, the montage that leads to the the girl in the V mask being shot by the cop. Mm -hmm. Um, that that whole montage that leads up to that moment was so. It was just powerful. It was, I think it was more powerful watching it today than it was when I saw last saw the movie years ago. 
just all of the unrest happening, playing out in montage form, and then it, it, it ends with uh, that, you know, the, the girl in the V-mask being shot by the cop. Oh, my God. Which, you know, cue the riots now. Oh, my gosh. Did you see what he f***ing did? Oh, what, no, what did he do after he shot her? Oh, yeah, get... Yeah, no, 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 yeah, the bat. Bad. Bad. And then get back, get back. <laughs> And, and guess what? The fingermen. You know, it's just the mm -hmm. FBI and fingers. And like, it's just so many. It's too many freaking coincidences. I, I'm, you brought that up, and that was actually on here. Like, I mean, to me, you see, I got it over here. Fingermen, fingermen are f ups. Like, the only thing, like, to me, they liken the hand of the law, the authority to, and it's something, damn, I'm, I'm having callbacks now. Like, they likened to their whole a tour, a, a, a system was like the chancellor was the head, the uh, and all this other stuff. But the fingermen were literally like the fingers in the up part of body where we never saw a good fingerman. The ones at the front uh, for, uh, beginning of the movie tried to rape Evie, mm -hmm. and the one at the end just shot a kid because she had the mask on. A kid. But also, what I loved about that kid was is that this is the same kid they show. It's a great callback, or like you say, early in the film, she's sitting on the sofa with her parents, and when with that same scene you brought to when they uh, cut yeah. up to it, when he when they said the tears dead, she's like bullocks. So he had that, that speech inspired her. And that's what the idea. See what I'm talking about? They led uh, you yeah. to it. So the, I, it the, 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 but the idea moves on because so because she believed the idea. Then the wet, the tip melting point was when, like you said, when she got shot, people were like, you know what? That's enough. It's cool. Mm -hmm. They just slowly walked to him. He was like, I got to be like, that's cool. You're dying. Like, yeah. yes. Oh, my gosh. That... Yeah, the way everybody's, the way that it, when everybody's watching the television as when he's, like, doing the news broadcast, like, saying, you know, the this country is messed up, we need to do something, if you agree with me, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like, the, the, everybody's reactions when they're watching that, it was so telling because you could, you, like, all of these people want to do something. Mm -hmm. They're crying for a hero to come and save them. But they're like sheep waiting for the slaughter. They're I'm surprised like, they let this movie come out, to be honest with you. I still am. We watch it, and I'm like, did they know this out? Yeah, it's... Um, my last scene that I want to mention is the, the death of Creedy. That whole moment is so incredible. The Where he oh. called... He's like... He's got multiple guns pointed at him. And he says, uh, you know... It's We've gonna, already swept the place. All you guys' knives. It's going to end with, with my, hands, with my hands around your neck. And he comes through on that. Everybody in that room dies, including him eventually. And it caps off with that moment. With I don't know if you noticed when he leans on the wall and walks away. The smudge of blood on the wall is a, is a red V. Red V. I mean, not to mention, I mean, just honorable mention that clearly there's a, a lot of people. I mean, how can you not think about the V, the Z, Zorro, the outfit? It kind of gives you a Zorro. Zorro is a man of the people for them. So mm -hmm. it's, hey, our man. Okay, so one of the other things that, okay, we talked about the symphony. You, you mentioned that. Uh, uh, oh, yes, yes. Uh, I like to, I did, I call that Evie Squared. Uh, one of the things, and this is probably one of, yeah, the Evie Squared, but uh, one of the things I was going to say was, uh, the first time I didn't see it, but if you, but, but I felt like I kind of knew to look for it this time when I watched it in the rewatch. When she escapes Dietrich's house, you automatically know she's with V. Mm -hmm. If it's a split second, if you see his eyes are through the mask, and that's how you know it's him. Like, literally, like, as he's, before they even, like, literally, when he, when she jumps down, and she's like, gotcha. His, that's him in the mask. 
like all with all, with everything else. But if you look at just his eyes, you see literally his burnt eyes. So you, you, it's like a the director did or it's a split. So you have to catch it. You can't blink. You can't move. When you're talking about when they right after they they knock Diedrich on the head and take him when right she, falls. she jumps out the window, tries to run out. He's like gotcha. And when he says gotcha, it startles you so much. But you don't look look at look at the cutout. You see the burnt eyes. It only could be him. This is not a rumor. This is not a theory. This has been the directors even said it. That's him. Okay. Nice. Nice. Oh. oh. I don't know if I'm correct. I would have been mad because I definitely had that down there. Uh, it, if not all of them, at least the close-ups in the end when she's saying that it's the, he's me, he's you, he's all of us, mm -hmm. they show all the people that died yeah, in the film. when they're like taking the mask yeah, off. Yeah, God help us all, man. That was amazing. I did not even notice that the first time. Yeah, that was... That was uh, yeah, that was, that was very cool. Like, yeah. almost like, it was almost a way of saying that they did not die in vain. Right, because he's you, he's all of us. That's mm -hmm. what I'm saying. He's my mom, he's my dad. Like... God, like, like, mom, like, he, like he lives the on, the idea the lives on just like, I would, I really want to know that story. They should, I wish, they, they didn't have to elaborate on it, like, the first 30 seconds in the film when they were like, this guy tried to blow up this, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? But they would tell the idea lives on, like, damn, man, then, ah. Yeah. Yeah. All right, that was Seven Minutes in Heaven. Let us know in the comments what your favorite scenes were in the film. Um, let us know what we got right, if you think uh, we got something wrong. Be sure to let us know that, too, because either way, it helps us. Uh, what do we got next, Mr. Royal? Next up, we got Scene Stillers. And that goes to the best artist out there, whether that be male, female, animal, spirit, does not matter. For me... Oh, uh, quick recap before oh, we get into this. Oh, no, I thought we were doing it. I'm a scene stiller. That's why I said for me. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, throw me up there real quick. They know what time it is. All right, show them. All right. But uh, let's give the official TTFT recap. Who do we got, D? Oh, God. This is getting harder every week. Morgan I Frank keep saying to write this down. <laughs> uh, that, that would be George Burns. Ooh, oh, God. Um, book two. Episode one is... Uh, <laughs> episode one is Black Panther, and we have uh, Okoye. There you go. Episode two, we did Tenet, and that was Robert Pattinson. That is correct. Episode three, we did The Living Wake. And that was, of course... Ryan O'Connell. <laughs> Mike O'Connell? No, Ryan. Okay. All right, Mike. I got you. <laughs> Number four was Rounders, where uh, Matt Damon made the board. Mike McD. Number no, Joho. five is uh, Paid in Full and uh, Woods would. Harris. I wanted the whole time. Number six was Us and, of course, Lapita is up there. And... Number seven, here we are, V for Vendetta. Who do we got? Do you have any honorable mentions? Or you just launching right into who you're throwing out there? Because I've got, I've got three honorable mentions. I'll let you do the honorable mentions. I'm just going to go right out there. Okay. So, of course, my two honorable mentions uh, go to Natalie Portman and... Um, uh, Hugo Weaving. Of course. Of course. Um, Hugo Weaving really deserves two honorable mentions right, because he did voice. a fantastic physical yeah. and voice. Right. Um, Natalie Portman's range from going from this this scared, uh, modest, just reserved girl that mm -hmm. you could see a glimmer of something more in her or a little rebellion into who she is at the end of the movie, that emotional journey that, that was amazing. But those are just two obvious of choices right. to, to throw out there. Um, S Stephen Fry as uh, as Diedrich, he was 
Mm. He was a great character to watch. He, the way he performed it was amazing. Uh, finding out he's a rebel with the basement of illegal artifacts. Hmm. He's a closeted homosexual, kind of like he keeps all of like all of his secrets kind of down her there. To go too. She was there all of seven minutes. You may want to know why I invited you over. I mean, you know, trust me, my... I might as well trust you. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god. Um, and then that that scene where he, you know, he he's parodying the chancellor with the the Benny Hill style sketch. Um, and and his like that that scene was so creepy to me because he went into like the way he acted about like how how what the response should be to what he did on his show is like how we are nonchalant about the way we can talk about our government and people in power now like we could say right now Donald Trump he's a him he's a he's a loser he's a Head. we could say all these things with no fear and that's the place that he was in just kind of like naive to he played that so perfectly he was just naive to the fact that like what are they gonna do fire me find me you're like, my agent we're, we're too big yeah. our show is huge the ratings and yeah. then that night right on the head and black bagged and that that was not so funny now funny man and i've only known stephen fry as a as a comedian like uh, bits of fry and lori and is he not in uh sherlock holmes i think so yeah, he plays I, his brother okay surely <laughs> surely surely uh but, but it, it was just crazy to see him in that scene where he expressed that emotion so i will uh but that those are my honorable mentions okay well i'm glad uh I, I, listen, let's just go ahead and say for what it is. The acting in this movie is very pristine. There's a lot of people that are on point. Uh, there are some clear court, there's some clear cut choices. Um, there's some people that definitely stand out on the back end. But for me, I don't know if I'm gonna surprise you with it, but for me, it was Natalie Portman. It was she. She. She did it for me, man. Um, in a movie with so much intrigue, so much political satire, so much meaning, so much everything. Usually it's always we say, hey, uh, they don't give this person enough time. Like we talked about with Edward Norton and Rounders and other films we talked about. They just didn't have enough to be. They weren't given that opportunity. Mm -hmm. But I think in spite of, she, of course, she was given the opportunity. But it was so much. The heavy was so much in the room. And to me, man, like you said, that transformation. The, this time I can't just say range. I'm talking about like it was. It was to me an ever evolving character. Like having to spiral. Having to go from. You see, to me. They, I'm, I'm going to say why because I told you earlier they when they talked about her parents like her parents were in that and they say well what happened to her she went to reforms got for five years so it's some type of rebel in her and then she mm -hmm. the first uh, the first sign of defiance out at the curfew boom next sign of defiance I don't know Mace. it's Mason the guy at each point we see defiance and then she comes out and she and, and then he was like she was like I gotta go I gotta do he's like he's like why is that what they want you to feel is this that, that? like she truly made me feel mm -hmm. like even the water hitting her head like she was rebaptized oh, like God, man that that moment when she came out of the, when all the way up to the point where she said uh thank you but i'd rather die behind the chemical chemical, shit. chemical like, shit, yes and then she comes out and finds out that it was v that did that to right. her and that emotional breakdown she broke down she, like, she she really broke down and then you see her transform in one shot in where, where he's like remember how you felt in there right like this is the most important now. moment of your life now don't do this and and then she and like dude to play that scene to me is i'm like god lee man like i'm not I mean, and that's the thing about it. See, and like, 
what we always talk about with artists, well, we don't want to see the actor or the actress make me feel like you're that person. She does that within her own self because remember she says it. She was like, when after her hair got cut and everything, she was always just a little bit scared up until when she was in the, the market and one of her friends handed her something and didn't even know it was her. Mm -hmm. That wasn't just because of the physical. That's because mentally the she eyes. was complete eyes. Every she was Her eyes were open. Yeah. For the first time, you're finally free. So, man, it's for me, Miss Natalie Portman. I'm I'm pulling for you because, listen, um, I to me, this is your best acting performance ever, in my opinion. And um, I in a, in a film like this where there's so much macho, so much bullets flying, and then you're not playing the damsel in distress, like mm -hmm. you actually played the character. And I was just like, man, even with all these stars on screen, with everything, I, you V is my ultimate hero. Like he's up there with me. But damn it. This yeah, girl she, here is like the... She made the character very three-dimensional. Like That could have easily been a Linda Hamilton, Terminator 2 type of oh, character yeah. played by a different person. Yes, yeah, so so that's that's for me. Um, I'm, I'm tossing you up right there, Miss Miss Natalie Portman. Yeah, that's going to yes. be hard for me to fight because I love Natalie Portman, especially with a buzzed head, especially fighting the fascist government. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but my uh, my I, I had to give it to uh, Stephen Ray as Eric Finch. The mm. detective, because his char his character was so interesting, it was so nuanced, and he he played it so perfectly. Like he is this true man of the law, like to a fault. And when he when when his eyes begin to open to the fact that the government that he works for might be breaking the law, that draws a really interesting line for him. And watching that conflict play out internally, uh, and the way he, the way he portrayed it externally, very subtly, was um, I just thought it was a masterclass. And so it, he made that character so enjoyable to watch. Where, like, all the way up to the end, where he lets, uh, where he lets V or Evie send the train. Like that that's the climax. That's the climax. That and he that, pulls that the gun was down. The final straw for steps him. back. And then, like he wants to understand, he's trying to understand. And what what's the one character you? Uh, I'm gonna try to see if I can do a call. What's the one character he that character he played? He not in the film that he reminds you of. Like that's such a man of the law. For me, it's uh, from Hitman, the cop from Hitman that was chasing him all around. He was such a man of the law, mm -hmm. trying to figure out this, trying to what does Interpol want with him? Oh, what is he like? Is he, he wants to know it's on him? I mean, not he didn't do as good as a job as Fry. Like yeah. I say, I, I really, I'm glad you mentioned him as an alma bitch. And to be honest with you, no, I that's could, not my, that's not no, no, my, no, no, that's easy. That's that's no, no, I'm saying no, no, I'm just saying. So no, I said I should have had him at, all, but I can't say that you're wrong. Like I don't think there's a wrong appeal. Like he did have, have such a a good like even for like his character grew for even when he started realizing he started sweeping his own office for like wires and he asked mm -hmm. another dude like I gotta ask you something. Yeah, like I like it was it but was I, crazy, man. With how Zodiac yeah, feel to him? Like he was chasing the Zodiac or something yeah. like that, man. Yeah, and he, he had the. Uh, it's just a detective hunch. They're gonna. They're using the train. Mm, yeah. Like he. He was the one that said that. He was like, yeah. "You have anything to bet us up?" No. He was tired of it. No. Mm -hmm. All right. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but I think he got it from that book. I mean, no, he couldn't have got it from that book. Remember, he was like, "Oh yeah, yeah. the journal probably changed him." What's, right, a, what's right. your name's journal? Reading oh, yeah. the atrocities. That he was like, be. "They're party members and people that like, you, you you." Matter of fact, now that you told me you're the only one that's seen it. How do we even know it's real? Like, they immediately start just covering up, cover up, cover up. Oh, yeah. Cover girl. Um, as, I mean, yeah, Stephen Ray was great, but I think Natalie Portman, Portman definitely deserves to go on the board mm -hmm. uh, because she had more to carry. Yeah. 
Yeah, so. definitely. I mean, and plus, the, we almost gave it to you, Steven, but when you lost it, when you kicked that trash can, when you got fooled <laughs> out by V, when you found out that we wait a minute, he, he's been gone for 20 years. Son of a <laughs> you were that close, that close, man. But no, yes, Miss Natalie Portman, welcome to the board. Congratulations, Miss Portman. All right, so Natalie Portman is on the board. Uh, let us know in the comments uh, who was your favorite actor in the movie or actress. Uh, do you agree with our picks? If not, let us know. If you do, let us know. Hey. If you just have a random thought about anything else, let us know in the comments. Whatever. All right, let's move on to. You're going to need a bigger boat. These are our favorite lines, our favorite quotes. So, so many good lines in this, in V for Vendetta. Uh, 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 I'll just start off with um, V. He says, uh, I, I, like God, don't play with dice and do not believe in coincidences. Which is so funny in this movie because everything seems so, like, everything seems so put together so perfectly to, like, mirror different things and, um, but I, I thought that was a great That was pretty dope. I thought that it reminds me of that film uh, where the guy's like, I pick up where God left off. <laughs> uh, who said that? Uh, I think it was Thomas Sidell and uh, Kill. Oh, Robert Partridge. Kill someone this Friday. Yeah, Partridge. Uh, for me, I'll get short, straight to it. Uh, one, no one can escape judgment. Short and to the point. Mm -hmm. Definitely quote. Uh, no one just, I mean, it just says that that means from the government, uh, from the top of the government to the man. Everybody has a price to pay, which he fulfills in the end. And he says, Evie's like, please stay with me. He couldn't do it because of the fact that that would have been a cop out because he, again, he was the monster that was born from the fire. He, he, he what did he tell the guy? How's this end? With both of us dead in this room. Yeah. Pretty much so. so my yeah, hands was, around your neck. My hands around your neck, yeah. Um, another line from V, he says, uh, people should not be afraid of their government. The government should be afraid of the people. Let, I mean, that was, that's right there, man. That I mean, I almost wanted to get a tattoo of that somewhere. Yeah. It's just like, and he meant that with all his heart, man. And that just speaks to, to everything that's going on. Like, I mean, it should, like, like I say, just serve the people, man. We're not going to get too deep into it, but yeah. Exactly. I mean, f that. No, I mean, I love that he said that, man. Mm -hmm. That is very, very yeah, powerful. It's so, it's so right where we're at now. Like, right. we are we are terrified. We're like, oh, please, government, please help us out of this. Like, oh, nah, man, I'm it's... good. And uh, Evie's question to uh, to V. Are you going to kill more people? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's another Robert Parker. Yeah. <laughs> All right, would you hurt them? Oh, yes. Did you kill him? <laughs> yes. yes. Are you going to kill more people? Yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, that that's kind of like the V in the novel from what I've seen. Um, this is this is a weird quote because it's kind of it's Evie quoting her father, something that her father said, which I I loved it, the the concept of it. Uh, she said that her dad would say, "Artists use lies to tell the truth about politicians." And I, I would say that that is so true for like you think of people like George Carlin, who is a was a, a comedic <laughs> artist, you know, like Dave Chappelle. Mm -hmm. um, this movie, V for Vendetta, is art in itself. It's art as yeah. film. It's it's a way that, like you it's like tell the names lies and the names of agency were changed to protect the people, innocent people involved with this or something. It's I I, I love it, man. I, I love it. Uh, we already touched on our jobs to support the news, not not uh, fabricated. That's the government's job. So we definitely touched on that. Uh, 
Uh, Forrest Gump's rep. Forrest Gump. It was a Forrest Gump reference somewhere in the movie. Said that's all I got to say about that. It was when they went and asked him about Larkham. Larkham. They asked the uh, the guy, the head security guard from Larkham. He was like, "Tell us about what happened." And he said, "Check our records." Like we've checked the records. They're omitted. They're this. Oh, he, was yeah, like, he was yeah. like, he was like, all I can tell you that those were crazy times. And people had to do what they had to do. <laughs> we did our and best, and that's all I got to say about that. I just said so for his copy. <laughs> Yeah, we uh, I got that BTN line that we yeah. touched on, the thank you, I'd rather die behind the chemical shit. I thought that was a powerful moment. The yeah. last line that I have is, uh, is really one of Evie's last lines, if not the last line, mm. where she says, uh, he was all of us. Mm. That is like, that puts the cap on the metaphor that is this movie. Like, if you, the audience, are identifying with anybody other than V, you are in the wrong. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no other way to put it. Why does he have to kill so many people? Oh, you were oh killing's problem. See how many people they've killed. Yeah, yeah. There's a means to. He's a idea. murderer. They're mass murderers. Mm-hmm. I I so yeah so um I have two more uh one of them ideas of bulletproof. Oh uh, yeah. That was that was so like and that was one of the last things that was said like ideas of. He bulletproof. says that as he's bleeding out like he's he's, he's holding on to that. Again, the a symbol, mm-hmm. uh, the right symbol, the symbol. attracting the pe- uh, enough people can change the world. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't even think about it, but like I'm now. Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm really thinking about this real time. Remember when they hung that guy at the beginning? Yeah, there yeah. was one person in the audience. I mean, the crowd that I don't want to call audience, the crowd that that like it meant something. Like like it did something to her, and maybe she would. We don't see it, but she was the next one to carry on. Like what goes on? I'm not saying she became Viva Vendetta, but she became that somebody. Like she tells people, they just kid. The idea carries on. I believe that there is definitely a sequel that could happen with this. Where, where, well, I'm not saying that it should happen, but I'm saying they they definitely opened up like uh, the possibility or at least left it open-ended where you can imagine that it where it goes with um with what's his nuts uh with eric finch uh where she she gives him like the the concert of destruction right kind of like v gives her in the beginning and you know it's almost like all right she's been crowned the new you know she she's given the the go-ahead to to send the train she is she she takes that initiative so she is now if she doesn't do it all those people are down there they don't see the revolution it's it's very let down yeah oh no do let down last one for me was uh speaking of that uh revolution without dancing isn't a revolution worth having Mm -hmm. oh man like hey i did all this hard work like nah nah i'm gonna nah we finna would, would, would you like to go to a concert? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? She's like, no, I don't think so. Oh, I promise it'll be like nothing you ever heard before. Please, and I promise you'll be back home. Yeah. Nah, they're the horns. You know. Boom. But, but when it's happening, she isn't even... Th- it's, it's, I mean, I mean Natalie Portman, man. Mm-hmm. And every she played, I, I never felt let down, man. So, yeah, those are... Uh, I'm going to make sure I didn't get anyone. Uh, this job, no one escapes a judgment. Oh, yeah, I mentioned that. I believe in the idea, not the man, because a man can fail. Oh, and of course, the way I started the show, remember, remember, the 5th of November episode drop. No. Um, all right. That is our favorite lines from V for Vendetta. Uh, let us know in the comments. Mm-hmm. What were your favorite lines? Um, we would love to hear. I mean, there's so many. We we know we didn't touch on all the best lines in right. this movie because every sing, almost everything that comes out of V's mouth is like poetic gold um, and, and just revelations like crazy. Uh, but yeah, that's you're gonna need a bigger boat. Let's move on to cast, crew, or you. And on today's episode, we have 
uh, Mark, Mark Phoenix. Phoenix. So our guest today is not only an experienced actor with nearly four decades of experience behind him, he also spent two years hitchhiking around the world. He is the UK champion of Argentinian tango. He's currently developing a new form of theater based on dramatic improvisation and... Oh, he holds a degree in astrophysics. Um, fans of E for Vendetta will recognize him as Willie Spare the Rod Fingerman. Thank you very much to Mark Phoenix for being with us today. We're in 2005. Mm-hmm. You're playing Willie Fingerman in V for Vendetta. Um, character, and it, it's such a like, nice balance between like over-the-top comic book villain with an extra added flair of rated R menacing quality, like, before it was the trendy thing to do. It was the dark night before the dark night. Yeah. Right? It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, and you, so, and you, so you're, you're, you're threatening Natalie Portman's character verbally, Evie, um, somewhat physically before quickly being taken out by V. Uh, literally left caught with your pants down. Um, so a few <laughs> questions about that. My first one is, you. so I, I, I know Natalie Portman graduated from Harvard with a bachelor's in uh, psychology. You have the degree in astrophysics. Did this happen to spawn any interesting conversations on set? It, and it's a shame that it, it didn't really because um, because of, I don't know, star quality and things like this. And, and because she started off as a young girl, I think she's been uh, very protected. So she was always whisked away from the set before we could do anything. I mean, I did talk to her bodyguard about whether he'd take a bullet for her. but <laughs> And he was going out to... He's saying, well, you know, prevention is better than cure. So, <laughs> wow. It, de- it depends where. <laughs> All right, wait, how long, like, a, 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 we always know you can spend 30 hours on set and then some of your stuff winds up on the cutting room floor. As far as your scene concerned, how long were you there? And how long, of course, how long did it take to uh, shoot your scene? And is it okay if we can discuss how it was shot or, you know? Yeah, okay, so they, um, there was... I don't know, there's some technical thing they wanted to come back on. So we sort of, we did two weeks and then they decided they wanted to do it all again for two weeks. So it was sort of four weeks of me uh, being there. Um, and yeah, it was really, there was a, a mix of the, of the director working on the emotional stuff and the Wachowskis working on the, the secondary thing, doing all the stunts. So there was like, you, you're doing two halves of these things. So you get all your emotional stuff for that. And then you've got to work with all the stunt crew, wires and flying through the air and things. So, um, yeah, you wouldn't have thought that I needed a stuntman for that, that little, <laughs> that little shot, but I had quite a stuntman. Uh, there's just a bit where the knife goes through my belt. Yeah. They didn't want to risk me losing my tackle. So they, <laughs> stuntman took this. <laughs> And the moments of just the fall, I said, I can fall and whatever, but they go, no, 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 we got to protect you. So some guy just does the actual moment of falling. So it's like going, okay, there's these two bits where I don't, okay, I had a stuntman to do something. I, I noticed that the guy in the, and I don't, I, I don't got, have his name on hand, but um, the other, the other man in the scene with you, um, he, I, I, I think he's a stuntman also. Uh, yeah, was he allowed to do that, his yeah. own? Was he allowed to do his own stunts, or is that like uh, contractual yeah, as an actor? They stunt, yeah, they had the stuntman in. There was the two of us actors, and a and a stuntman was the third guy. So oh. yeah, he he was to in order to do all the fight sequences. They decided it was better to have a stuntman doing doing that as a a sort of a, a minimal thing. So yeah, and it's quite amazing because 
you you never know who's behind the mask. Yeah, you've got this. You've got V turning up in the mask, and then you know, is it the actor? Is it the stuntman? Is it the stand-in? I, <laughs> I don't know who I'm talking to. Yeah. Wow. Now that that is great. That's very good insight. And speaking of that, like with a movie like V for Vendetta, I think we can agree is is a very methodical movie. Was there doing filming? At least when you were there, was there any room for? Improv and being improv or being on spur of the moment, or did you have to stick directly to Wachowski's script? Like, did it have to be word for word? Yeah, I think it had to be sticking to the script. There were, I mean, within anything, there's you do a bit of creativity in the rehearsal process for, but I think they were trying their best to um, to follow as close as they could the comic. So I, I thought they um, when they set it up trying to really follow Alan's whatever vision of whatever, but it's a really interesting afterwards. He still wasn't happy. I had a talk with him and he just go, Oh, I, we were, I was really hoping that you'd really like this one. Cause I thought it really stuck to what you were trying to stay and do. So. And the director, James Matik, he seems to be a frequent collaborator with the Wachowskis. He's served as AD on the matrix trilogy. He directed the series since eight. Of course, V for Vendetta was the first film that, that he took the helm um, uh, on as the director. Uh, and, you know, that that's quite an undertaking. The last movie we did, Paid in Full, it was uh, Charles Stone III's first movie. Mm-hmm. And the cinematographer, um, uh, Paul Saracy, was uh, talking about, uh, you know, the challenges of being a first-time director on a, full, on a feature film. Um, what was your experience like working with, James Matigue as it being his first feature. Yeah, he was just a very nice guy. And I think this was because the Wachowskis were there and they had their power and they were doing all the stunt stuff. There's a lot of, I don't know, pressure there. And it's like, in a way he was, I mean, it shows that he must've been doing a good job because of the the great performances that everybody gave. Um, uh, the, The thing I liked was that I was his wife's favorite character. No, oh. <laughs> so, so he, he he told me this to serve there, and of all this sort of thing, you go. My wife really likes. <laughs> go, oh, great! Okay, okay. What a strange. I mean, no no disrespect to your performance. Your performance was great, but that even makes it the <laughs> that it, that it's his wife's favorite character even stranger because it's such a strange yeah. character for. A, a spe- specifically a woman to be like, yeah, that character. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> um, we would be remiss if we didn't bring up the fact that, of course, Viva Vendetta was uh, director of photography Adrian Biddle's final film. Of course, him having passed away to, in 2005 on December 7th. Just from the time you spent with him, what was your what was your memory like with him from the last time he was in front of the lens? I think um, it's this thing for me about relating to the camera person and whatever. I think you could tell the intelligence. This is often something that's... The people involved in in camera stuff, they're they're you know they're got a different mindset. They're on technical and sciencey stuff. So for me, it's like I know how to relate to these guys, mm-hmm. and I can relate to the artistic guys on the other level. Um, so I I just felt like his his presence was there, being very intelligent about the whole thing. And when you see the what what you're doing on the screen and where he's pitching you and the colours he's using and things, you're thinking, yeah, this yeah, real magic. Well, I think you're the first person to ever bring together astrophysics. Astrophysics meets acting. So that's, hey, I'm there. I'm signing up. Um, V for Vendetta, this movie has become representative of a state of rebellion against corrupt power system as much as it is a great film. 
um, the mask becoming the face of anonymous. It, it's seen on people from all walks of life in various marches and protests across the world. Um, how, how does it feel to have taken part? And I know you, you said that it wasn't the it wasn't the smash hit out of the gates in the UK that you were hoping for, but um, to be a part of something that is stand, that's going to stand the test of time and already has being such an impactful movie on society. Yeah, I I, I feel very pleased and um, proud, and it, it it did feel that I don't know people did put in really good performances for us, and it left you know for me it just felt right from the off this whole thing you know. The, uh, governments should be afraid of their people and people not afraid of their governments. this stuff and I just thought yeah this is a great sort of thing that we should be saying is it is part of our democratic thing uh, uh, so yeah it, and it feels as the anonymous mask took off I, I was just thinking I, I I wish that had given me one at the end of the sort of thing you know <laughs> it's it's a wrap here you go have a mask <laughs> yeah <laughs> let me ask you this before we move on of course like, like we'll move on from FIFA Vendetta but before we move on is there any interesting stories from set or just you know like you say you met the cameraman seeing how intelligent they were because their mind works different interesting stories or fun facts you picked up from being and working on FIFA Vendetta there was uh, there's a sort of interesting moment of of not working on the FIFA Vendetta the um it was a, a Sunday on my day off we were filming in Berlin and um, I thought, let's go and find some improvisation. And I was asking sort of all the other people, do you want to come along with me to see if I can get on stage tonight and do a piece of improvisation? And they're sort of, they're thinking, you're mad. It, one, it's your day off. And two, it's <laughs> improvisation. Well, improvisation is scary. What are you doing? You're going to go to, you know, into the center of Berlin. So I went and there was um, a Russian team at the time working. So we did some improvisation in three languages. The Russians were being translated by the East Germans and the West Germans were translating me from the English and we were able to, to improvise in three languages. So this is... Uh... That's amazing. Awesome. And hilarious to me that, yeah, that's like the equivalent of somebody that works at a grocery store like, all right, I just got off work. I'm going to go bag some groceries over there at the other grocery store tonight. The <laughs> <laughs> job is never done. It's a... Tell us this real quick before you go. Could you tell us about any projects you got coming out? And also, where can they find Mr. Mark Phoenix at? Okay, so um, there's no particular, with the COVID at the moment, the projects I'm doing are this thing, creating something myself. So it's like okay. with, a, with a team of people, I want to use zoom to create a movie so i'm slightly uh, a bit of a luddite on the techno stuff so when i start to learn some extra bits of things like that but on the creative aspect that's where i'm aiming at the moment i've got uh, on facebook mark phoenix classes i where i teach people how to walk on to stage start improvising and by the end of an hour you've made a play so i you know, it's teaching that sort of thing i've also my company is third person theater company and so the third person theater company uh, uh dot wordpress dot com so um if people sort of are interested uh, on that i'm still sort of updating and playing with that as the website um but yes so do track me down to to learn how to to, to join my creative family <laughs> And and also send him just all of your questions about astrophysics and what you, how, how the universe is going. Well, I know one thing I'll be sending him. You, I'll be definitely sending my first Zoom audition to you. Hey, let me. I want to be a part of the movement. I want it. Hey, brilliant.
<laughs> Mark, you're absolutely fascinating to speak to. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. Okay, thank you very much. Have, Have a great one, day. Mark. All right, thank you very much to uh, Mark for joining us today. Let's move on to Room for Improvement. Let me jump right into it. I don't want to waste their time. I did. I wanted to know this is what I would approve about the film. Oh, okay. So nothing. No, because I don't want. Or, or was that wiped by the by the uh... BTN? <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's nothing. The reason why I say it's not a cop out for me because clearly there's something not. I mean, the, like film wise, there's things that I prefer and things I like, pace and things like this. But for me, sometimes you just need to leave beautiful chaos as beautiful chaos. Because yeah. I feel like if I change something, then it's going to take away what someone else might have got from it. Like most people have been like, oh, I love it. I just don't want to see them kill, kill the little girl. No, we got to see the little girl get killed mm -hmm. because she came the symbol. Symbol lives on. Girl dies, symbol lives on. It's an idea. So for me, even watching this movie, like rewatching it, like it makes you feel stronger. And especially in the times that we're living in. So to me, I wouldn't want to change anything because guess what? I'm living that movie right now. And you don't want to change anything? No, it works itself out. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It will work itself out. We're this close to getting rock bottom, and then we're just mm -hmm. a, they explode, and here comes the crescendo. Here comes the boom. Um, I, I almost agree with you. I, I have one thing. If, if I could change one thing, if I was pushed into a corner and said you had to change one thing, that, that thing that I would want to change is, again, as much as I love John Hurt, I mean, he's 1984. That that in itself is like, I'm a fan for life, is, is performance in that. But his performance as the Chancellor, I wish that he would have played the character more subtle. I wish that there... And, and, I, and after I had this thought, and when I was watching the movie, and then afterwards went into the deep dive and was reading up about like the, the behind the scenes, the way different people in the cast and crew felt, the way the... The, the novelist felt about the uh, the outcome of the movie. Um, I, I kind of shared his sentiment that in the novel, the uh, the government was, uh, more specifically, the people that represented the government were more well-rounded. Um, they were more complex. They had, uh, like like in the in the novel, the chancellor is like a timid. Um, uh, kind of uh, like he he just purely believes in what he's doing, and he ha like he has his reasons for that. So there's it's more complex. In the movie, he's just like more tyrant. Yeah, and he's like the obvious bad guy. Like there's mm -hmm. no redeeming qualities about him. He is just always yelling. He's angry. He's at not, he's at eleven on the on the scale. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how does how does anybody Deal in that it. room don't stop for a second and say like, no, nah, I'm. I'm definitely on the wrong side if this is the guy I'm following because he's just. I mean, Creedy eventually got threatened with death. Yeah, that well, yeah. I mean, even he had to be bribed to put the bullet there. Um, but I just, I wish that there. I think the movie as a whole would have been a lot better if the if the villain in it was um, just a little bit more, just a little bit more subtle, and maybe had some qualities that complicated. Where I, I just like would have made the kill more rewarding, almost. Yeah, it's kind of like um, kind of like Black Panther and what we were talking about with Killmonger, where that the why he was such a good villain was because you could I like I had nothing to identify with the ch Chancellor. There was no 
if they would have taken a little bit more time or maybe used a little bit more of the source material to um, almost be a voice, like have some kind of voice in there in favor of what the chancellor is standing for to tempt the audience to wonder, like, is this somebody I should be uh, rooting for or at least I could see where they're coming from? Like, no. Nah, he was just straight... to know who to hate from the beginning. Yeah, he was kind of like a, a, a slightly more sophisticated version of, like, I'm going to steal the moon and blow up the world type yes. of, like, big comic book villain. But he was, uh, like, yeah, I just wish they would have rounded him off around the edges a little bit and that his performance would have been a little bit more uh, just just nuanced, that where he was just more troubling than, uh, or a, a subtle menace yeah. than, than just, ah, all the time. So. I can't say I don't agree, I don't disagree with that. I mean, I, that that's very obtuse. I'm sorry, that's a very obtuse way of looking at it. And you're right. Like you say, it was, it was no levels to him. I mean, granted, it was written that way, and it, they want they did they always want you to know who to hate. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they never let you, like you say, sway your opinion here or there. Maybe he had a reason for doing this. So I agree with you 100 percent on that. Uh, so yeah, I mean, while I still say I wouldn't have changed anything, I can see why you say a push in the corner you would have. And 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 I'll even say in their defense that I mean they said that 1984 was a inspiration uh, for this movie, and it's plain to see. And in 1984, that is the way, that's the way that the government is conveyed. And John Hurt had, uh, you know, direct experience with 1984 in that world. So I could see why he would have brought that energy to this character um, where there is no, it, it's very black and white. Mm -hmm. Like this, this government is evil and that's the only way they're going to be played. There's no redeeming qualities. There's no good reason for what they're doing. So Not only are they just, evil, remember old boys like I've been a member for 27 years. He looked at him like he was <laughs> like, Are you following? Are you investigating me now? Are you following me, me now? Find the terrorist. Find the terrorist. Find the terrorist. Find the terrorist or you'll be the terrorist. terrorist right, stick to the program. Okay, yeah. I agree. I agree. <laughs> find the terrorist. All right, that is our, uh, that's what we would change. What would you have changed? Do you agree with what we would... What, what Do you agree with what I would have wanted to change? Do you agree that he wouldn't have wanted to change anything and that we're perfectly fine in, in this state of where everything is? Uh, and again, we're this is coming from you live from November 3rd, not November 5th when this is posting. So who knows? Maybe maybe Mr. Royal's opinion will change on November 5th. Remember, remember, the 5th of <laughs> November. All right, let's move on to Falks Given... This is the segment where we either give you a fist, a pinky, these two, the bird, the pointy, the thumb. What we're trying to let you know is how many do we really with you? How many, uh, you know, where do we go? So I'm going to let you go first this week, David. How many fox would you give V for Vendetta? I give V for Vendetta 3.5 fox. Three and a half fox. Um, because, and my reason for that is... It's a near-perfect movie. It's enjoyable for being over two hours. It doesn't feel like it's over Not two hours, so the pacing is great. Um, I just I just wish that... Uh, I just feel like it could have been more powerful and more interesting to watch uh, if if the, the government, specifically the Chancellor, had uh, a more well-rounded character about him. Um, kind of like... Uh, Eric Finch's character, I think he was a perfectly nuanced, conflicted representation for the government side of it, where he, you know, he saw uh, 
he he had his reasons and they and you could tell what they were and there was good reasons for them like for him you know he, he's a lawman and very by the book yeah so that I, I just wish that there was a little bit more nuance in the chancellor that the main um protagonist or the main antagonist in the movie so three and a half solid three and a half all right for me i gave this five Five. I, I was gonna say I hope you did when you said you wouldn't change anything. Oh, right. that would have been kind of, very unfair. Like, I wouldn't change anything. Thing. It's a perfect four out of five. <laughs> you know this gets this gets five five <laughs> given from me because of the fact, like I say, to me, uh, even it is really hones in each every time you watch it, you find something new and like you say, little things that uh, make sense, little nuances and stuff. And to me, it at the end of the day. The, some of the things that are being said were just so powerful, man. Like, like telling people, like, it didn't just blame the government. Mm -hmm. It literally said, if you want to know who to really blame, you look in that mirror. And at the end, those were the people that showed up. He told everybody a year from now, just come. And in the face of, of, of guns and, and the, the promise you'll be shot, they still came. And guess what happened at the end? Be like, they, they, the government stood down. Yeah. Because it was kind of like, oh, they really showed up. Uh, what what you want to do? Cause we, cause guess what? There were they only had so many bullets, mm -hmm. but the people were coming. Yeah, and they they and they didn't mess with the gun. They went right past the foot soldiers and stood right there for the show. And he broke it down like a year to the day he said it was going to happen. And I don't know if you know this, but I I I, I don't know this. So I'm, I'm trying to confirm with you. Like, did you notice when when all the pe all the masked uh people came out to? To, to parliament and um the uh the soldiers are like stand down or, or don't i i couldn't tell if that was like i perceived that as they knew that they were outnumbered when they saw how many people were coming because then you get that aerial shot and you see oh one of the best shots of the film thank you for that they, oh but gosh. it was like they didn't have enough bullets. If they no. if they started raining down on on, they would have got the first three lines, and there was like people hundreds still of coming. lines of people behind them. Still they coming. Were, they would and it would have that like they were. Like, I think in that moment they were like the best. Okay. If time, we want to live, passive. if we want to live, we need to chill because yeah. they're still coming. Yeah. Like because guess what? They invited the whole city. Mm -hmm. The whole city is in full of cops. Yeah, and was, that's what yeah, and it's like how and and guess what? No, and you know what? You do know. Because that's why, so I will confirm it with you. When he asked how many of these things went out, he was like seven, eight hundred thousand. Yeah. Not say all of them showed up. You better believe at least five hundred thousand showed up. Yeah. Oh my gosh, man! That was like, great, yeah, that, yeah, I like that, man. So to me, I I, I give this five f given for me, man. To me, it's one of it's one of those films. Like if you're trapped on the island, you keep it, man. It's one of those, man. So yes. All right, that's our that's our review. Uh, let us know in the comments what you uh, what you thought of the movie. Um, one zero out of five, Fox, uh, for this episode. What you would have given it? Uh, do you agree with our consensus? Um, sound off in the comment thread and subscribe. <laughs> yes, and hit the bell. Ding. All right, next week, I am very, very, very excited for uh, next week's episode. Are we filming from Starbucks? Uh, we are filming from Brown Town, Ooh. a.k.a. Coffee, Coffee Town. Town. Uh, Brad Copeland, writer-director, uh, Glenn Howerton, um, as some of you may know him as I know him, the Golden God, Dennis from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, 
along with a cast of a bunch of other hilarious uh, actors that all bring great characters to the to this story. Um, so yeah, we'll be getting into that. It's one of it's it's again it's one of those independent comedies. College Humor put it out, and it's probably in my top twenty comedies of all time um, because it is it's it's just a treat from beginning to end. And it's one of those movies where you have the lead, kind of like an Office Space, where you have uh, Peter, um, but everybody else bring something hilarious to the table and you know, all these nuanced characters it's very much like that so we'll be diving into that next thursday that'll post uh keep an eye out this tuesday we'll be posting the full interview with mark phoenix from this episode uh along and my god there's so much stuff that we didn't get into with him in this episode that will be uh posted in the lot in the full interview so do not miss that because Dare I say he it's is an exclusive. A, yes, he is a film within himself. <laughs> um, so check that out on Tuesday. Look out for Coffee Town coming next Thursday. And uh, one more thing, because it is November fifth when this is posting, and um, whatever the world looks like uh, right now, uh, later November fifth. I hope everybody is being safe. I hope everybody is still trying to be cordial with each other. Um, remember that nothing that happens up there it really has any kind of impact on um, the ability for the decisions that you make to affect your life uh, in a positive or negative way. So make positive choices. It doesn't matter who the chancellor is in in this uh, hole of a... Never mind. People Just, shouldn't be afraid of their governments. Yes. Their the governments should be, be afraid, afraid of their them. people. So be safe and uh, stand down and stand by. Now that's the truth. You think my approval rating's going down? The music, it's beautiful! The symphony!